Thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are, what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you want to partner with us by giving into this ministry, we invite you to visit our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our Edmond Campus pastor, Wade Smith. We give God praise. Thank you, Lord. I, uh, the song, it's interesting because they were, the plan, I think, earlier today was to sing one more song, but they, they felt that they were supposed to stop on this song, and I believe it's for this moment because I, I think I have a word for someone today. This word, this, this song, in a sense, is saying, I don't have anything else, right? I just, I just got kind of one more last chance. I'm just going to throw my hands up. And as we're singing this, I felt that, that there's someone, maybe it's here, maybe it's Edmund, maybe you're, you're online and you couldn't even get to church today because you're kind of at your last. It's like, I just don't know. I'm not sure if I can go on. I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm not sure. I just wanna, I just wanna say to someone today, I feel like the Lord wants me to share this, that, that when you continue to sing this song, there was supernatural breakthrough that just took place in your life. And by you saying hallelujah, I don't have anything else to say, but hallelujah, you are praising the Lord and it's through praise the breakthrough begins to happen. And so for just a second, I want us to begin just to praise God in our own voice. This may be really strange to you and if it's okay, you can whisper. But I want us to lift our voice and if you are in a place, listen, if you're in a place where you're saying, I need a breakthrough, I don't know if I can do it anymore, can I just remind you that breakthrough happens in praise and sometimes we praise before we see it, sometimes we praise before we feel it. So would you just lift your voice for just a second online and up and here in OKC, lift your voice and say, God, thank you. Hallelujah. Jesus, we're so grateful. I thank you, Lord, right now. I speak this over people's lives right now. Breakthrough. If you need to receive that, just put your hands in a posture receiving breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. There's breakthrough. And God, we will praise you when it feels like it's empty, when it feels like I can't go on, when it feels like I'm not sure what's happening in this world or what's happening in my life, I will praise you. You are deserving of my hallelujah. You are deserving of my praise. And through my praise, I will experience breakthrough because of who you are, not because of who I am. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just thank Jesus for that? I'm not sure if I even need to preach today because I think that I think the word of the Lord just went forth and and um, man but I'm excited about this word I want to read Romans 1 1 through 7 is our foundational scripture today it says this it says I Paul a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle say apostle and set apart say set apart for the gospel of God the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed 
the Son of God and the power of his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through him, say through him, we receive grace and apostleship to call all Gentiles to obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also among those Gentiles, that's us, who are called to belong to Christ Jesus, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called, say called, to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. Title of the message today is Called Out. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you called us out of darkness. You called us into light. You called us for purpose. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen Amen and amen. You can grab a seat, slap a high five. You students, you can make your way to the youth room at this time. And if you're joining us online, we're so grateful and thankful for you and just um, honored that you would join us today. Also, Pastor John is joining us online today. Can we thank Pastor John and honor him for his... Man, we have such an amazing lead pastor and him and Michelle, we're so grateful for you and glad you're joining us today. Called, called out, say called out. Actually, look to the person next to you and say, you're called out. Now look to your second choice, that should not have been your wife. I saw my dad look to his wife second. Say, you're called out. Calling my dad out. You're called out. We're called out to, to make a difference. And so I want us to talk about this idea of calling. Because I find that this is one of those big questions that as Christ followers, we all, we all wanna know, right? What am I called to? What am I, what am I called to do in this, in this earth? God, I gave my life to you and I wanna do something great, but what am I called to do? This, this calling can be complicated at times. I was a youth pastor for a long time and I'd always get that question of, what's my calling, what's my calling? I'm like, I'm not sure, but God will, point you there, you know? And then I transitioned to an adult pastor years ago and I find the same question that we ask, right? What am I called to? Well, I, I love the, the, the definition or the, the, what this word called is in the Greek. It's kletos, say kletos. Here's what it means. It means appointed. It means divinely selected. I love that. I love this, this, this word right here. It means invited. The God of heaven and earth, creator of heaven and earth, would invite us to be a part of his purpose. Isn't that amazing? It says, invited to obtain eternal salvation in the kingdom of God through Christ. That's all of us. For those of us that put our, our trust and our faith in Jesus and not of ourselves and, and give our lives to him, he's invited us to be a part of his plan. So let me just, let me just kind of just get this out there because this is important for us to understand is that we are all called by Christ Jesus. It's not reserved for pastors. It's not reserved for worship leaders or missionaries. The calling of God goes beyond those in ministry because we're all called to be ministers. We're called to take the message of the gospel to his people. And so really that's the question is what are we called to then? If we're all called by God, then what are we called to? Now, this is where we complicate things. There's two specific things I wanna talk about today that we find in this foundational scripture today. It's this, the first one is this, is that we are all called out to be set apart. Say set apart. 
We complicate it. We want to know the when, the what, the why, the, the I'm, 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 I'm supposed to be a pastor. Am I supposed to be a youth pastor, a kid's pastor? We want to know what we're supposed to do. When I think God is more concerned about how we do it, God wants us to be set apart. God has called us to be set apart, to be different. You know you're supposed to be different from this world. Any weird people in the house? Hey, listen, God's called us to be a little weird. Some of you are like, I knew it. That's why God made me this way. Normal isn't working, people. Normal in this world is hurting. Normal's depressed. Normal's lack. Normal's frustration. Normal's broken relationships. God has not called us to be normal. God has called us to be different. God's called us to be just a little bit weird. So I'm gonna ask you again, how many weird people are in here at OKC in Edmond and online? Uh, boy, someone said, I'm weird. They're giving the sparkly fingers on that. I'm weird. We're called to be different. We're called to be set apart. In fact, at the very beginning, in Romans 1, 1 through 7, Paul says, I, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel. In Jeremiah, it says, before I formed you in my womb, I knew you before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you, a calling, appointed. Remember, it means appointed. And I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That he has called us out, he's set us apart. John 15, 18 through 19 says, the world hates you, right? It says, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as, as its own. As it, as, it, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of. Say called out. I've chosen you out of the world. This is why the world hates you. See, the, the, the problem though is that what I'm finding in the, the global church, and that's not Victory Church because you you, you're perfect people. Bunch of per I'm preaching to a bunch of perfect people. Go get some bad, I need some bad people in here because I need to preach to some bad, you guys are perfect people. But the problem that's happening, especially in the last several years in the church is that there's this lie of the enemy that in order to reach the world, we have to look like the world. I, uh, I just wanna remind someone today that you do not have to look like the world in order to reach the world. In fact, in order to reach the world, it's actually important that you're set apart from the world. Amen. You're set apart, that you're different, that you're weird, that you're made holy, not because of who you are and what you do, but because of Jesus and what he did for us. You're set apart, you're different. I was a youth pastor for a long time and, and I'd always tell my youth leaders that were, that were new youth leaders to, to, uh, to begin to serve these students, I'd say there, there's gonna be a point where you're gonna feel the tension to try to be cool to these kids. And there's, it's okay to be cool, but not to be like them, not to embrace the things that they struggle with. And so I said, listen, it's not important that you be cool to them, it's just important that you love them and you're set apart. They see something that they wanna be like, right? And the same is true in this world. You know, we're seeing, I tell the same thing to youth pastors and other pastors that I, that I talk to. Listen, it's not about being like them. It's about being different from this world. That's what attracts people. And so there's two things I think that really are specific to setting us apart. The first is this, is that grace sets us apart. Who's thankful for grace in this place? It's the grace of God that sets us apart. In fact, in Galatians 1, 13 through 16, it says, 
for you have heard of my previous way of life. This is Paul talking, right? He's talking about before he was a Christ follower. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond my many but beyond, my, uh, beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous of the traditions of my father. But when God, say when God. God. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, he's quoting Jeremiah, and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach among the Gentiles. We cannot do anything but by first his grace. Anybody remember who you were before Christ? Were any knuckleheads in the place? Come on, just be honest. Throw both hands in there. Give a spark to the feelings like, like this lady over here. I was a knucklehead. Living a life I shouldn't live, doing things I shouldn't do. But God, in his grace, who knew me before I was in my mother's womb, who had a plan for me before I even knew it. My mom, I didn't know this um, until just a couple of years ago, but my mom, because my, my, I didn't necessarily grow up going to youth group and going to church, but my mom, um, from a very young age, she told me that she used to tell people, that's my little preacher. You know, you can speak things into, you can speak things over, over your children's lives. She said, because you had such a compassion for people, I used to say this over you, that you're, you're my, she introduced me as her little preacher, and I don't know why, because I was, I was the opposite of that but the grace of God. And I remember walking in as a college student, broken, broken. And I got invited to a college service that I've been invited to years, and for, for a couple of years I've been invited to the same service that I just chose, chose not to go to. And finally I'm broken and I end up in a, in a room about the size of our Edmond campus. And I don't know if you remember that moment but for you, but I walk in and I don't remember what the preacher preached. I don't remember what the worship songs were, but I remember the grace of God pouring over my life, forgiving me of my sin and setting me apart. Before he can use us, he calls us to him. And so grace sets us apart. The second thing is this, is that the Holy Spirit sets us apart. Galatians 5, through 25 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's opposite of the world, people. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You know, as I was, I, was, I was processing this, I, I just realized that really fruit, all it is, is a byproduct of remaining in the vine. And the problem is we try to be set apart of our own and we try to do the right things and say the right things and live this life, but that's religion. God says, if you'll just be in me, if you'll just remain connected to me, if you'll just worship me and stay close to me, guess what happens? Joy, peace, love, kindness, 
self-control, the fruits of the Spirit just begin to happen. You become fruitful, fruitful because of who you're close to. And the truth is, is the world needs what you have. The world is getting darker and darker and darker. But you know what, what's true about light? Is that light shines its brightest when, it, when, the, when the world gets its darkest. When the world is dark and you take a light and you shine it, you can see it, everybody can see it. And these fruits of the spirit become a light. Because when you walk into a situation where there's anxiety and there's frustration and you bring peace, that's different, that's light. When you bring it joy, when it seems like it's difficult and it's hard, but yet you're still praising, that's light. When you have self-control, all the wives said amen to that, right? That's light. See, in other words, he empowers us to look different from everyone else so that we can make a difference in people's lives. It's not just for us. It's for the people around us. Listen, when you go to your work and, and they're gossiping and you bring love, that's light. He sets you apart. He's called us to be set apart. The second thought is this, is he's called us to be sent out. He's called us out to be sent out. Say sent out. He's called us to be sent out. This word apostle um, is apostolos. And here's what it means. It means a delegate, an ambassador, I love this, an ambassador of the gospel, officially a commissioner of Christ, messenger, he that is sent. Did you know you're an apostle? You are. We read words like this and we see things like Paul doing and we think we could never accomplish that. And the problem is, is that God has sent us the same way that he sent Paul. And we complicate this because we, we reserve calling and we reserve these words for, for, like I said, the elite. And we think that, man, how amazing is it that Pastor Kevin leads people in worship every week? I can't ever do anything like that. Or man, God, God uses Pastor John to, for these amazing messages. And I, I just, I, I, I'm nothing because I'm not, I'm not compared to what they can do. When God says, no, listen, I've created you with gifts and talents and fruit that I need you to go into the world you're in and preach the gospel. You're an ambassador for Christ right where you are. But we use words like calling, listen, calling and career synonymously. This is where the enemy is getting the next generation because they're getting disappointed. We talked to people, I was talking to Pastor Abdiel just about this in the green room between services that we, these kids grow up in church and they think to themselves, if I don't become a pastor, then I'm not, I'm not really doing ministry. Or this is the way the enemy lies to you, that I'll just never be, I'm just getting into to heaven by the skin of my teeth, but God could never use me. No, God has sent you where you are. A perspective shift has to take place in our lives. In fact, the church, the global church has done a disservice, I believe, to, to people because we've pulled people out of their calling at time and put them in the church where they're not called to be. Years ago, I remember uh, I was a part of an interview process. This was at a different church. I was part of an interview process. And I remember this lady, this lady was a, an incredible teacher. 
she was a teacher, and, and so she did such a good job that she also did a great job when she came on Sunday. So she volunteered in the kids' room, right? Just like we have V-Kids, and she was incredible at it. I mean, such a gift. And so we interviewed her, and like, man, she would make the perfect kids pastor. And so we brought her on staff, and what she found was, as a kids pastor, she was really just more empowering volunteers, and she was doing a lot of administration, and she was miserable. Here's a person, listen, that's called to kids, that becomes a kids pastor, and she's miserable. Why? Because her mission field was the classroom, not behind the desk. Man, I think we have to begin to see what, what God is wanting to do with us. We overcomplicate it. Listen, God wants to take you where you're at to make a difference where you are. You take those fruits of the Spirit and you be sent into your world. That, it, it wakes you up on Monday differently, doesn't it? And what if, what if your job or your business, how many business, any business leaders in the, in the place? And those employees drive you crazy at times sometimes, don't they? Man, they're your mission field. And how many stay-at-home moms, any stay-at-home moms? Those kids drive you crazy at times, don't they? And what a better mission field than your children. How many teachers in the house, any teachers? Man, praise God for these people. Man, I'm telling you, that is a mission field. You're reaching them before they may, even, they may ever, ever enter the church. They may never enter the church. But you walk in with love, and I'm telling you, you are making a difference because calling and career are not synonymous. You have a calling right where you are to do what you're called to do and to take the gospel. You're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Paul in Acts in 18, one through four, you can read it. Paul basically in a sense says, listen, my calling is an apostle. My job is a tent maker. I, I make tents because I wanna reach people. My calling's not a tent maker, that's just what I do. My calling is an apostle, I'm an ambassador for Christ. Could the church grab this, this truth and take this into the world? I'm telling you, we'll change people. But we don't always wanna be sent, do we? Anybody ever those times where you just, I just don't wanna be, I just wanna be normal, I don't wanna be weird, I don't wanna, I, don't wanna, I just wanna be, just allow me just to kinda be me. I, Listen, I'm a pastor, I do the same thing. You know, uh, it's interesting what the, the conversation that comes up when you tell people you're a pastor. Immediately, they know all of scripture and wanna tell you all about it. <laughs> or they want nothing to do with you. And, uh, and so, it's, it's, it's funny. So, but there's a Walmart right by our Eben campus. And every, I, I hate to go to Walmart. Anybody hate to go to Walmart? I tell you what Walmart has done, they, they really sought the Holy Spirit when they created these lines that you can just pull up. You can call your order in. You can pull up to a slot. You can dial a number, tell them what spot you're in, sit there. They put everything in the back seat, glory to God. You know what I'm saying? I love it. But I was, my wife sent me to, to Walmart one day and, and, uh, and, sh and she didn't have time to call call it in, so I had to enter Walmart doors, I'm just telling you. Every time I went enter the Walmart doors, I encounter someone from the church, which most of the time is great. I love to talk to, I'm a people person if you can't tell. And, uh, and I just love to talk to people. This day I didn't like to talk to people. I didn't wanna to talk to someone. You ever had that day? I didn't wanna be sent. So what did I do? 
I grabbed my phone and I walked around Walmart like I was on the phone the entire time. I looked like a crazy person talking to nobody. And so I'm walking around Walmart, I'm getting the stuff from my wife and I'm being, a good, being that good husband that I am. And I get up to the cashier and I'm you know, kind of in line because there's only two people for 50,000 stations. And so I'm, I'm in line to, to do this and I'm on my phone because I don't want to talk to anybody and I'm just being vulnerable, I mean, okay? And, and so I'm sitting there and there's a person from Victory Church like right over a couple, a couple spots down. Hey, Pastor Wayne! I'm like, hey, how you doing? Busy, on the phone. I'm doing counseling right now actually while I'm, I'm, I'm that holy. I do counseling while I shop, it's awesome. And what do you think happened? my phone started to ring. (laughs) Listen, I get not wanting to be sent. I get, man, if we could, but this world is dark and hurting and it needs people sent into the world, right? Man, we gotta take a fresh perspective that my home is my mission field. My job is my mission field. When I'm at Walmart, there's a mission field. There are people around me day in and day out that need the gospel. Paul understood, I'm a tent maker by trade. I'm an apostle by calling. This reminds me of my friend JC. I'll introduce you guys to JC Riley. He is a, a guy that, inter, that, that attends the Ebon campus. Him and I have been friends for, for quite a while. And I begin to see, he, he, he's gonna listen to this and he's gonna get the big head when I say this, but he reminds me of Paul. I've seen JC reach so many kids. He actually started what's called the the Bison Aquatic Club. And uh, so he has this this, uh, swim club that meets every single week. And and he's been making a big difference in in these kids' lives and actually families' lives. And there's so many kids that are coming. So I called him the other day to just ask him, to talk to him and say, man, what, how did this all start for you? You know, because he has Devos, like at the practices and they have prayer and you can see some of that in some of the pictures. And so I'm like, how did this all start for you? I mean, you know, was this a, did you know about this calling? Is this a big, is this, was it always this way? And he said, no, man, he goes, listen. He says, I don't even get in the pool at practice because I look like I'm being attacked by sharks. I said, but you're, you're a swim coach. He said, I know, man. He said, it's, it's the calling that's on my life, but, it, but, but I didn't grow up a swimmer. I said, so how did this work? And he said, well, to be honest, I, uh, my daughter was a really good swimmer. And I realized that I wanted her to be um, influenced for Christ. I was looking for an environment where they would do devos like he does, or they would have prayer times as, as a team. And he just really, not that there's not other swim clubs doing this, but this, he just could not find the, the right spot for his daughter. So he decided to just take her on and say, well, we'll just kind of, we can still enter meets and I'll do that, and so four of her friends wanted to join us. They had four girls and a, and a boy that, that wanted to be a part of this. And uh, I said, so, so, what, so what, what took place? He said, well, I realized I needed a mentor because I can't swim. He said, I found out about this guy at OBU that was an incredible swim coach, an incredible character, and he said, I just, I called him and said, hey, um, I've got a few kids that are swimming, I would love it, if I could just, if, if I could just kind of come up and be around you and watch your practices and I'll, I'll carry the equipment, I'll do whatever I can. Coach said, absolutely, practice at 5.30 in the morning. 
So JC said, you know what, I, so here's what I did. And this is the kind of guy that JC is. He said, you know what I did? I, I, I just, I started to wake up at 4 a.m. in Edmond. I would drive to OBU in time for a 5.30 a.m. practice. And he said, I, I literally, it started with, I just, I just carried the equipment to the pool. I definitely didn't get in because I, I can't swim. He said, so I just, I would carry the equipment to the pool. And I said, well, how did, how did you, you know, and then what, what else did you do? And he said, well, then I would, I'd do that until about 8.30 in the morning. And then what I would do is I would get in my car, I would change my clothes in the car. This is like Paul, right? He's a tent maker by trade. And then I would go and I would, he says, I would, I'd build decks. I began to clean chimneys and I would do brick masonry work because that job allowed me to be flexible enough because I'd practice in the evening. So I would do that. So he'd wake up at four, he'd go to OBU and then change in his car and he'd go to work, working really hard job like a lot of you. He says, and then at one of the houses, I wouldn't let him see, but I'd, I'd clean up with a water hose after I was done. And I would drive to practice and we'd have practice from 6.30 to 9.30. He said, I, I was doing that up until a year ago. I said, why did you, man, that's a, that's a lot. I said, why'd you do that? And he said, because I do this to do that. <laughs> I wake up at four in the morning to get mentored, to go to a job to provide for my family so that I can come at 6.30 and begin to minister to kids. I said, how did it grow? He said, well, it started with just that one boy and the four girls, and we went to the first, uh, went to the first meet. He said, we did what we do. We prayed, you know, before, and did kind of some de- devotional time. He said, the, the phone started to ring off the wall. See, listen, you don't have to, he didn't have to be a swimmer. He just had to step up to the calling, and God provides the resources, People started to call off, off the hook. And so he ends up with a waiting list and he's laying in bed one night with his wife. He's like, I don't, I don't know if I signed up for this. You ever been there before? I just don't know if I signed up for this. And his wife reminded him something that if you reverse all the way back to the beginning of the story, he's been attending Edmund this entire time and there's an old man behind him this guy named Gary. And Gary would just see JC and Kara sitting right in front of him and he'd begin to pray because he just felt emburdened to pray for, for them. And he'd pray week in and week out during, during worship and he'd pray and he'd pray and he'd pray. And then one day the Lord gave him a word for JC. And so JC turns around and he says, uh, he goes, I, I, don't, I don't know if you even like kids, <laughs> but you're called to minister to kids. And there's gonna be a point when I think you're just gonna have to say yes. So the phone had been ringing off the wall and they got a wait list and JC's doubting the calling that's on his life. He's doubting whether he should do this. He's questioning whether he should step into this. And Kara, his wife says, I think that moment and that word that Gary spoke of our lives was for this very moment right now. And so JC said yes. That waiting list has turned into over 175 kids that are involved in their 
their uh, their ministry. I want to call. I say it's a ministry because it's a ministry. On top of that, I didn't say this at the first service. I forgot about it. On top of that, he started what is called the Victory uh, Swimming School, Victory after Victory Church, and it is to train kids before they actually even get to the uh, to make the the aquatic club. He has 60 Down syndrome kids in this learning to swim. Special needs kids. He, I asked him, man, how has God used the ministry? And he just was going down accolades after accolades. And he wasn't saying it like bragging. He's like, I can't believe it. And uh, he said, man, we've, 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 won, we've won championships. We've, you know, we've done this. We've got kids that are, that are phenomenal and, and going on to do great things. He said that um, in the high school swim, like the high school all-state swim, uh, the, the all-state team, six of his kids are on the all-state team. There's only like 15 spots for the entire state. This is a guy that looks like a, he's attacked by sharks when he gets in a pool. He said, I do this so I can do that. He's got the perspective that, listen, I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ, and the way that I do it is a swim team. So he goes and he does devos every evening at 6.30, does a devos. They have a swim practice. They pray together. He said, man, it's so cool. He said, um, right now, there's a Muslim family that, uh, that are a part of the swim team, and now they're letting their, they're letting their child sit through the devotionals. What a seed being sown right now. He said the coolest part is not the accolades. The coolest part is the fact that, that kids are, are sitting through devotionals. He has 100 kids at the Edmond. He's got four different locations across the state of Oklahoma right now. 100 kids are a part of the Edmond location and the only limitation is they can't, the pool won't hold any, they can't do any more. He needs his own facility to, to grow past it. He said, but that's not the coolest thing. He said, listen, just a couple months ago, one of my kids came up to me and he was gonna get baptized at church and he said, he said, um, you know, I've been thinking about it and I've realized baptism is to show your, your community, your friends, your family, what God has done in your heart and this is my, this is my family and you are my pastor. And so two months ago, he baptized this boy in the pool before practice. sent how could God use you if you would just say yes but there's something very specific that that JC was willing to do he was willing to do the uncomfortable see comfort's the biggest enemy of calling comfort is the biggest enemy of calling so I don't feel like it so I go through my Walmart. I don't feel like talking to anybody. Lord, don't send me today. And we miss the opportunities for God to send us right where we are in the world that we possess, around the people that we see. Some of you have an opportunity this Thanksgiving to invite the family member you've been ignoring for the past five years. Everybody's got them, right? It's Uncle Bob, right? And we can start with our families. 
Start with our circles. Start with our jobs. Start with our people. Because he's called us out to send us out. And the last thought is this. He sends us out to serve. That's all JC's doing. That's all Paul was doing was he was serving the people that God sent him to. Simple. We complicate calling. We think, ah, I could never do that. Or, and we mull it over in our minds and we miss the opportunity. And all he's saying is, listen, if you'll just be set apart, you'll look different. If you'll just be sent and if you'll just serve, I can make a difference with you. It's all you gotta do. Jesus said, I came not to what? Be served, but to serve and take up my life as a ransom for many. First John 4, 7 through 11 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. One little challenge I wanna, I wanna just share real quick as I was praying for us in this message is, um, the world is full of hate right now, isn't it? It always has been, but I just feel like it's been escalated. Or maybe it's just that it's very apparent everywhere we look, whether it's social media or the news or just people around us. There's just a lot of hate, let's be honest. And hate is divisive. So hate is dividing our world. Hate is dividing our nation. And over the past couple of years, I really, I think that hate is trying to infiltrate the church. Where there is no, where there is hate, there is no love. Where there is no love, there is no Jesus. God has called us to go into the world and to love people. We serve people by loving people. I'm not saying we agree with people. I'm not saying, I'm not saying we don't have our rights or we don't stand up for the things that we think we need to stand up for, but we can do it through a place of love because he's called us to it. Jesus, literally, I, I was thinking about him going to the cross and I was processing this, this whole process of him coming to the very end where he's around a table. You guys have heard the, the story, you've read the story. It's communion that we, that we talk about and he's sitting with his disciples. And you realize from the very beginning he knew Judas would, he knew Judas would betray him, didn't he? This was not news to Jesus. He, in fact, he, calls, he kinda calls it out while he's at dinner with them. The interesting part to me was he served him just like he did the other disciples. Before the dinner, he washed Judas' feet, Judas's feet just like he did the other disciples. He didn't exclude Judas when he has them around the table and they're, they're having communion. Well, here's what it says to me is this, we serve people despite how the response will be. It doesn't matter how they will respond to you. What matters is that you are sent out, that you're set apart, and that you serve. If you'll just serve, let their response be their response. Let their response be their response. 
Return love for evil. Return love for hate. When someone says something hateful, for, hateful to you, what do you do? You show them love. Jesus is about to be taken, imprisoned, and, and Peter, Peter gets all frustrated. He's like, no, 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 no. What's he do? He picks up the sword and he cuts off the ear. And then how does Jesus respond? No, 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 Peter, you're getting it all wrong. Wait, wait, wait. And he picks up his ear. He says, listen, I love you just as, just as much as I love these guys. We're called to serve. Doesn't matter how they respond. And what would happen if the church would, would capture this and we would take love into a world? And I'm not saying we look like the world because I'll talk about we're set apart. We're set apart. We're not like the world. We don't agree with the things of the world. We don't talk like the world. We don't act like the world. We don't vote like the world. We don't do any of that like the world. But what we do is we do everything that we do in love because Jesus is love. And where love is, there also is Jesus. Would you pray for me? Father, we love you. God, we thank you for who you are and we thank you that, Lord, that you sent Jesus to live a sinless life in our place, to go to a cross, to walk out of a tomb and defeat sin and death so that we could have life and life to the very full. Thank you for serving us, God, so we could serve others. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church give. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.